0: Welcome to the Patrick Boyle On Finance podcast. Today's podcast is from a video that I uploaded to YouTube on Wednesday the 27th of January. It explains the short squeeze in GameStop that was going on in the market at the time. As I upload this audio version the story is still developing, so we'll have to wait to see how everything works out over the next week or so. I uploaded a follow-up video to YouTube on Thursday, the 28th of January, answering a number of questions that people asked me after the first video. And so you'll hear that content, which includes some fresher news towards the end of the podcast. This podcast is much more off the cuff than my regular content, but hopefully you'll find it interesting and entertaining. I recorded it quickly to keep up with the breaking news. Anyhow, on to the podcast. All right. Well, I wasn't going to make this. I got all these messages. People said to me, will will you talk about GameStop? And I thought everyone's spoken about GameStop. And more people said, tell me about GameStop. Explain the GameStop story. And I just thought, nah, there's a hundred videos on this. Not going to do it. But anyhow, I, I taught my first class at the university today and the students all said to me, Patrick, tell me about GameStop. And I thought, I'll make a video on GameStop. So I guess to talk about GameStop, we have to start with Wall Street bets. Who are Wall Street? bets if you don't know they're a group on reddit they've been all over the news for i don't know most of the pandemic for piling into stocks that's what they do and wall street bets they're basically a group of people they're on reddit they talk about stocks or stonks and they they pile into them and they don't they don't like to buy the stocks they like to buy the options they're they're my kind of person they trade they trade the options you know but anyhow, they like GameStop. And you might ask, why, why do they like GameStop? Or even what is GameStop? Of course, you've read the news. You, you probably know what GameStop is. But GameStop is a store in the United States. It's a retail store that sells mostly used video games. And the Redditors, they like video games. The, the Wall Street Bets boys, they play the video games. And so they like GameStop because they like video games. And in particular, they like secondhand video games. Now, a lot of people don't like, they don't like GameStop. And the reason they don't like GameStop is it's, it's not necessarily the best, it's not the best investment opportunity necessarily at the moment. And the reason for that is, is quite simply that it's, it's a retail store and retail has been hammered during the pandemic. They're selling secondhand video games and the video games companies have started to move towards downloads. You know, you can download video games now. You don't necessarily get a DVD anymore. And so the, the second hand, uh, video game market might be disappearing, but the Wall Street bets boys don't care. And so they like GameStop and they, they bought some calls. So what's happened? Why did they, why did they decide to buy the calls and why is it a big deal? Well, they, they noticed that there's an awful lot of shorts out there. There's actually a greater than a hundred percent short position in GameStop stock. And a lot of people have said to me, Patrick, How can there be greater than 100% short position? Well, it doesn't happen very much in markets, but it can happen. And the way it works is this. If you own stock, you can hold it at your broker and you can lend out that stock and your broker will pay you something to lend out that stock. And it's lent out to short sellers. Okay. Now, When you lend the stock to the short sellers, the stock is transferred out of your account into the short sellers account and they then sell that stock. But they have to, of course, at some point buy it back in order to return it to you. That's how shorting works. So anyhow, big short position in, in in this stock. But what happens? How's there more than a hundred percent of a short position? Well, once you've lent it out, you no longer actually have the stock. You'll get the return of the stock because you're you're essentially in something a bit like a a total return swap with the person who borrowed the stock from you, where you'll get paid the return of the stock, and you'll also get paid some sort of fee for agreeing to lend it out to that person. Now, that person might take the stock and they're going to sell it short. So, someone else will then receive that stock. And that person is also able to lend out that stock, right? And so, The stock can be lent out multiple times, meaning that there can be a greater than 100% short interest. So that's what's happened with GameStop. Now, a few of the big short sellers, they came out and they said, we don't like GameStop. They're not Wall Street Bets boys. Uh, they don't like the GameStop and they sold it short. And not only did they sell it short, but they released reports explaining why it's a bad stock and why they, they sold it short. The Wall Street Bets boys, they did not like that. And so, They bought, they bought options. And when you buy options, if you don't delta hedge them, if you just buy call options, what happens is that the person who sold you, usually the investment bank who sold you those options, is going to delta hedge them. They're going to hedge their risk exposure to those options, which involves buying The underlying stock. So whenever you buy options, someone sells you those options and they buy the underlying stock. And of course, an option position is usually a leveraged position. And so they end up buying more stock than they would have if you had just bought the stock yourself in the market. So all of this buying of options has puts upward pressure on the stock. So where do we go from there? Well, a lot of people now, I read the financial, uh, financial press or I watch the CNBC and I see a lot of what I've described as pearl clutching people saying, isn't this awful? You know, that these, these crazy guys on Reddit are doing this, this thing and it's, it's squeezing these shorts positions. And I, I find it very difficult to care about this because I just think this is the way the market is. People buy, people sell, people do what they're going to do. But a lot of people are saying, should the regulators get involved? Is this illegal? Well, there are a few things that are illegal. There's securities fraud and there's market manipulation that are illegal. Now, securities fraud would involve lying about the stock. You'd have to be telling lies. You'd have to claim that it's a great stock. Uh, maybe even publish uh, false information about how good it is. The Wall Street Bet Boys aren't doing that. They're too busy eating chicken tenders. You know, they don't. They don't care to publish false information. They just pile into the stock. Is it market manipulation? Well, market manipulation is sort of ill-defined a little bit in law. And the idea of market manipulation, or what market manipulation is supposed to be, is trading to, to create a false appearance of activity in a stock and essentially tricking the public into buying. So you're doing this sort of trading that's designed to make it look like there's a lot more interest in the stock than there actually is, and then possibly tricking the the public into, into buying it. Now, the Wall Street Bets boys, they're not really doing that. They're piling into the stock, or at least piling into call options on the stock. There's no false narrative being created. They're they're actually quite clear about what they're doing. They're piling into the stock, and they're squeezing the shorts, and they're using leverage to make their positions have much more impact than they might normally do. It's not a pump and dump scheme, right? A pump and dump scheme, once again, you're probably... You probably take a position early on, you sneak into your position and then you create false rumors and maybe you phone people up and tell them that they should buy this stock or maybe maybe you even have a chat room and you 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 trade the stock yourself and you tell all your followers to trade it and while they're buying you're selling. The Wall Street bets boys they're not really doing that either they're piling in they're piling into options and those options will eventually expire and they'll either be up or down on that trade. Now, that's U.S. regulation. In the UK, regulation's a little bit different. They have this term market abuse, the FCA. Uh, you can get in trouble for market abuse. Could this be market abuse? I mean, it, it kind of could, but once again, it's because it's sort of an ill-defined term and it's, it's essentially anything that the FCA don't think that you should be doing. But, I would argue that people can do what they want with their money, right? You can, you can buy what you want. And the Wall Street bets boys, they're not really claiming to be doing anything other than gambling. They're not claiming to be making prudent investment decisions. They're not, uh, you know, putting away money for their retirement accounts. They're, they're gambling on stocks. You know, all the sports are are closed down because of the pandemic. They have to have a bit of fun. This is how they're having fun. And you're allowed to do that, you know it's your money, you can do what you want if you make money on it, happy days if you lose money, you know it's your own money to lose and you know you go to a casino, you can do that. Why can't you do it here in in gamestop so while the price of uh while the price of gamestop may not necessarily reflect the, uh, you know, the the future expected cash flows of the stock in the way that people like to talk about stocks, uh, it does certainly reflect supply and demand. There's an awful lot of demand and not an awful lot of supply. And so the stock prices run way up. Now, in the world of derivatives, one of the things that's interesting from a derivatives perspective is that, you know, with an awful lot of derivatives theory pricing theory, The idea is that you price an an option or a derivative off of the underlying stock, that the price of the underlying is supposed to drive the price of the derivative. But that's not really the case, and it hasn't been the case for a long time. I mean, an awful lot of option traders, well, options traders in general, will take the implied volatility from a volatility swap and use that to price an option on an index, for example. So well, one derivative is driving the price of another derivative, which is driving the price of the underlying. That's the world that we live in. Derivatives have just gotten big. Um, so what's in this morning's news? Well, Melvin Capital and Citroën, two big hedge funds who had positions in this, have covered their shorts. Apparently they've announced that they've covered their shorts and, and they probably have because it would probably be illegal for them to announce that if they hadn't. Once again, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not, not an expert on, on securities regulation. I, I, another interesting idea in here that I think is that there's there's this concept of, of how markets work, the principle of ever-changing cycles. And it's essentially that when something works for a while, eventually it stops working. And for a long time... a a lot of these firms, uh, some of the big short sellers, have had this approach where they take a short position in the stock and then they publish sort of a research report explaining why it's a terrible stock. They publish that and then that is supposed to sort of knock down the prices the rest of the market realizes that this short seller is correct. And that's a thing that some of these guys have done in the past. And now, It it has changed where actually having a huge short position makes you a target of, you know, possibly the Wall Street bets boys. And it's kind of of them, frankly, to target these huge short positions because these people are sort of forced buyers. And the more it moves up, the more they lose. But, uh, but it's kind of an inverse leverage position. And thus, you can lose more than your initial capital when you short a stock. And I, I explained that in my earlier video about shorting. But anyhow, um, so Historically, the hedge funds or some of these firms have gotten away with this idea of publishing a bad report about a stock and then that causes it to fall and they make money. And now all of a sudden it has changed that they possibly have to keep quiet about their short position because they don't want to get hammered by small traders who all pile in together. Now, back to the sort of regulation question, like, you know, there are, of course, regulations against a coordinated attack on, on a given stock. But how coordinated is it? It's just a bunch of people on the internet saying, haha, this is funny. Let's do this. No one has to do it. They're not that coordinated. They're not sort of a, a group that have entered a, a, you know, an agreement to do a specific thing. They can do it or not if they don't want to. And it's a whole bunch of small positions. And if the SEC were to go after them, who do they go after? All of them, anyone who bought an option on, on this stock. It's uh, it's not obvious to me. Um, an interesting story, uh, I guess, relating to this. Matt Levine uh, on Bloomberg wrote a, a good piece yesterday on the topic. And uh, he in it, he told the story of Harbinger Capital and, and a rather similar sort of short story. Short trading story where Phil Falcon, the, the fund manager at, at uh, Harbinger, owned an awful lot of bonds uh, in, in a company called Max, M-A-X-X. And he realized that the broker was short them and the broker was also encouraging other customers to short it. Now, I think he started out with around 75% of the float. So he owned about 75% of the bonds. He heard this it annoyed him so he just started buying up and he bought all of the other bonds and then he agreed to lend some of his bonds and two shorts and so the shorts borrowed those bonds and sold them short and then he took them all out of circulation he 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 called back the short you know at one point i guess the 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 bank was on or the broker was on the phone to him and um, after he had stopped lending and they said you know what are we supposed to do in order to buy back these bonds there's none of them out there what's your suggestion? And he he replied, just keep bidding. Sometimes you're just on the wrong side of a, a trade. Now, of course, he did get in trouble. The SEC did bring charges against him for that, so that's maybe not right when you control the entire float. But when a whole bunch of people are doing a thing that they want to do with their own money... It's hard to say if it's illegal or not, but it doesn't necessarily appear to be. So anyhow, that is my take on um, on, on the GameStop um, and the Wall Street Bets boys. See you guys later. We'll be back after a quick break. Hey you, yeah, you listening. Do you like personal finance or real estate? Are you itching to build wealth and create a better life for yourself or your family? then you need to come check out the life money and more podcast with real estate agent, YouTuber, and actor Sage Weiss. This isn't your average finance show. We dive deep and do not sugarcoat topics around money and life. The life money and more podcast releases two episodes a week just for you because we're all about helping you win in this crazy world we live in. Come join the thousands of listeners on the life money and more podcast. Hey welcome back guys, this is just a quick follow up on yesterday's GameStop video. I got a ton of questions in the comment section and I figured I'd make a quick video to try and answer all of them. Yesterday's comment section was hilarious, I was going to read out my favorite comment but it would probably get me banned from YouTube so you'll just have to look at them yourself. So let's quickly cover the news of trading halts of the mem stocks, brokers not allowing people to trade GameStop and other mem stocks, who's good and who's bad in this situation, does the huge short interest mean that there's naked shorting going on in these stocks, should GameStop be added to the S&P 500, and how do I think this will all end? So first up the trading halls. Well, the CEO of Nasdaq announced yesterday that she is monitoring social media chatter and will halt trading if the chatter is associated with unusual stock activity. That kind of sounds like chatter to me. As any stock that's moving an awful lot will obviously have people talking about it online. And I don't know how a regulator like that can decide if a move is legitimate or not. Nasdaq is a self-regulatory organization and it's supposed to ensure a fair market but I can't really imagine what software they've quickly banged out for this purpose. I think they just want to make an announcement saying that traders should refrain from any illegal activity and obviously that's a good idea at all times. Now as I said yesterday buying a stock because you think the price will go up is not illegal. You might feel that it'll rise because it's a great company, or you might feel that it's just going to go up because someone is unwinding a huge short position. If you're trading on publicly available information, both are probably legitimate approaches. At this point, it's not just the Wall Street Bets Boys trading. The story's been all over the news this week, and whenever there's blood in the water, like a hedge fund possibly unwinding, the sharks turn up to feed. Traders bet against long-term capital management's positions back in 1998. They bet against Lehman in 2007. The lesson really is just that it's best not to get in over your head in markets because people will come after you, especially if you have a very large position. The big difference this time is that not only is someone being squeezed and losing money, but they're also being made fun of on social media. So what about the trading halts? There are many reasons for trading halts, and it's likely that some of the halts over the last few days just relate to the sheer volume of trading activity in the stocks. The price was moving so fast yesterday that it was almost impossible to say what the stock price was at any given point in time. More than 24 billion shares changed hands and 57 million stock options were traded. So it was a big day. It's possible that the Nasdaq had to halt occasionally just due to the sheer volume being traded. So what about the online brokers restricting their customers from trading mem stocks? The customers are upset, as are politicians like AOC, Ted Cruz and Donald Trump, who are possibly all on the side of the Wall Street Bets boys. I saw that Elizabeth Warren announced that the SEC should wake up. I don't fully understand, I don't know what that means. Pick a side, Elizabeth. Who are you going to subsidize? Wall Street bets or hedge funds? So next up, the brokers curbed trading in stonks, including GameStop, AMC, and BlackBerry. And they say they're doing this to protect their customers, which means that they're doing this so that their customers don't do something stupid and then sue them for allowing them to do something stupid. The problem is that if they stop allowing customers to buy certain stocks and those stocks fall because this. They will then possibly be sued by the customers who bought the stock right before the brokerage stepped in. I guess either way this whole situation is probably good for securities lawyers. Apparently, a Robinhood customer has already filed a class action lawsuit against Robinhood in federal court, claiming that Robinhood has completely blocked retail investors from purchasing GameStop for no legitimate reason, and that customers lost out on unlimited attendees. A friend of mine emailed me to point out that the hedge fund Citadel, which is one of the funds bailing out Melvin Capital, is also the high frequency trading firm or a market maker that pays Robinhood to route trades to them. And I think the fact that I'm pointing things like this out on YouTube is why Robinhood won't sponsor my videos. Other people have asked why the SEC are not investigating naked short selling. First up I'd have to say dress however you want when you're trading. But naked short selling means selling a stock short without first borrowing it. So i am been asked how short interest in a stock can be above 100%. While such high short interest is unusual, it can actually easily happen without there being anything wrong. So let's say I own a stock like GameStop, I can agree to lend it to you and you can then use that stock to short sell, and that's fine. Now, when you sell that stock short, the borrowed stock you'll be delivering into the buyer's account. That buyer is then able to lend it out to someone else who might want to borrow the stock because it's just a stock that's been delivered to them. Like it, it hasn't been labeled as anything special. And so they can lend that out to someone else who then shorts it. And thus, in that example, one share has been lent out twice and sold short twice. If this happened with the entire float of a given company's stock we could see 200% short interest and nothing illegal has occurred. If something illegal is going on, the SEC will investigate it, they're a pretty hardcore regulator and no one really wants to be investigated by the SEC. Now some of you would ask well, why would I lend out my stock, well with a stock like GameStop it's hard to borrow and therefore I would be paid a rate, at the moment it's around 30% a year to lend that out. So as a short seller you would need to make a gain of 30% to even break even and equally if I just held on to the stock and lent it out, I make 30% even if it does nothing over the next year. That just sort of shows you that shorting hard to borrow stocks is kind of like swimming against the tide. It's it's not not advisable usually. Apologies, by the way, for always putting you guys in the losing trades in my examples, but you know, I couldn't do it any other way. Now, it's worth noting as well that brokerage firms wouldn't want to allow naked shorting, especially in a situation like this, because they don't want to end up swallowing their customers' losses. And so there's all sorts of compliance people and so on looking out for this. I would imagine that it's generally fine. The next question I've been asked is should GameStop be added to the S&P 500 like Tesla was? Now in many ways I would like that to happen just because I would find it funny but it probably won't happen because a company does have to have a positive net income in order to be added to the S&P. There are a number of rules around index membership and GameStop does not have positive net income right now. Hopefully Elon Musk might be able to give them some carbon credits than they could possibly. So finally, are the Wall Street bets boys the good people and hedge funds the bad people, or as CNBC will tell you, are hedge funds good and entitled to all of the tendies? In my opinion, there are no good guys or bad guys in this story. There's just traders with opposing positions. You can view this as being like a high stakes poker game. Short sellers are not doing anything evil, they're simply trying to make money. If they're wrong and they push the stock price down too low, they end up just providing an opportunity to someone else to invest in a company at a good price. Things like trading options, trading on margin and short selling stocks are all risky strategies and you sign a risk disclosure before you're allowed to do this. The risk disclosure basically says that you're a big boy that you understand the risk. Now I feel bad for anyone who loses their money because that's no fun but that is just a deal you signed up for. In markets sometimes you win sometimes you lose sometimes you make a smart decision and you still lose that's just the game that's the way it is there's no real morality tale in these stories there's just winners and losers. In this game, regulators are like referees. They're there to ensure a level playing field and a fair game. Their real purpose is to protect mom and pop investors. And that's why you can't do this type of trading in things like your retirement account. I don't really think that any mom and pop investors are getting harmed here. Regulators might be concerned that markets don't appear to be trading reasonably, but it's not really a government official's job to decide the fair price of a stock. In this situation, someone will win, someone will lose, and that's really it. Now, I've also been asked if GameStop could issue new equity at these high prices, and the answer is that they probably could, but they would also probably get sued by whoever bought that equity if it instantly tanked. AMC, the world's largest cinema operator, which is another MEM stock, did issue new stock. They sold 50 million shares yesterday, also selling some bonds. In a side story, AMC rose 300% yesterday, which was above the trigger price on their convertible bonds that were held by Silver Lake Group, a private equity firm. They converted the bonds into stock at a price of thirteen fifty one, and as of the close yesterday, their position was... Was worth more than 880 million so it's not just the retail investors who are loving the memes. Eventually all of this is going to end. The MEM stocks will return to something in the range of their reasonable value. The Wall Street Bets boys, well some of them will win, some of them will lose depending on their entry and exit prices. Some might get to cash in their options with huge gains on expiration. Short sellers also will probably be a bit more careful for the next while about crowded short positions. See you guys later.